Hey, Jen Banks here. This is the podcast A is for Adversity, and I'm going to talk about being more intentional about our thoughts and our goals so we can make our lives happen instead of letting life happen to us. This is episode number 25, XOXO, or Hugs and Kisses, as it has come to be known. The sponsor for this episode is Ken Fernandes with Lee's Candies. This couldn't be more fitting because I happen to have a love affair with chocolate. For this episode, I figured I would talk about my love story with my husband. I'll try to include the most applicable points from the story so that it's not just me talking about my love life. But if nothing else, I hope it causes you to reflect on your love life or your love story, whether it's with a parent, a friend, or a significant other. As an avid reader, I've always been a hopeless romantic. That's definitely my favorite genre to read. As a young girl, I became obsessed with the idea of getting married. I was boy crazy for sure, and all the lessons in young women's about an eternal marriage definitely didn't help. My favorite quote at the time, and it remains one of my favorites today, was, I ran up the door, shut the stairs, said my pajamas, put on my prayers, turned off the bed, jumped into the light, all because you kissed me goodnight. Due to sensationalizing movies and media, I came to picture my future husband as tall, dark, and handsome. I can still remember the first impression I have of my husband. He ended up in my carpool and was in the backseat of my car. I could see him a little bit through my rearview mirror. He made some witty, offhanded comment, and I thought to myself, who invited this kid? But our friendship grew, and we started doing puzzles together in his apartment. I would strategically plan when I'd go to breakfast outside of our dorm so that we could eat together. We played games every Sunday with a group of friends, and all in all just had really good conversations. The time was approaching for him to go on a mission for the LDS church, and I remember asking him one day, brashly, if he liked me. He kind of looked at me stunned and said, uh, I'm going on a mission. To which I replied, I know, but do you like me? Answer the question. He replied that he did, and he said a phrase that has become an inside joke of ours now. Absence makes the heart grow fungus. A few months later, I decided to go on a mission as well. Much to his surprise, he was certain that I would be married by the time he got home. But I found myself in my first area, writing two missionaries, and one of the members, Dana Davis, whom I've mentioned before, asked me which one I liked better. I replied that I didn't know and she had me describe them both to her. Brian, not my current husband, was someone I'd also met at USU. She said when I described him to her, it was more matter-of-fact, this is who he is, this is what he's like. But when I described Jared, my current husband, I was laughing and twirling my then long hair and giggling. So she wisely pointed out that I liked him better and the rest is history. Not really, I'm telling my love story, so I'll go through the history. Jared returned home from his mission four months before I did. He dated casually, but still continued to write me faithfully, and we were eager to resume once I returned home. I was on the fence a little bit because I had just returned home and I didn't want to jump into a big commitment if it wasn't the right thing to do. Thankfully, one of my roommates gave us the advice, don't fight it. So our official relationship started, and we spent more and more time together. The worst part of saying goodbye each night was not only that it was cold, you know, Logan Winters, but the other awful thing 
was having to part. Gosh, I'm getting sappy. (laughs) Ernest Hemingway said, I didn't want to kiss you goodbye. That was the trouble. I wanted to kiss you goodnight, and there's a lot of difference. A few short months later, Jared proposed. He did so cleverly with a puzzle. While we were working on the puzzle together, some pieces fell off the table. I thought nothing of it until we couldn't find a missing piece. And he said, oh, maybe it fell when those pieces dropped earlier. He proceeded to kneel down and quote-unquote look for it, but instead he pulled the ring out of his pocket and proposed. I was in such a shock that it took me a few minutes to realize his expectant face. So I said, oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. I will marry you. (laughs) While we were dating and continuing on into our engagement, we both donated plasma. Very popular job for poor college students. One particular time, we had walked out to the car and I was talking on the phone to my mom. Jared was leaning up against the trunk waiting for me to finish. And the next thing I know, he's falling over and I'm watching it through my rearview mirror. I quickly tell my mom I need to leave and I rush back there. I help him up and take him into a nearby grocery store and we walk to the bathrooms together. He leaves me and heads into the men's and proceeds to throw up. I was so worried about him in that moment and it was then that I realized I truly cared about him and didn't want anything to happen to him. First comes love, then comes marriage. Our wedding night was interesting because despite the many, many, many people who gave us advice to stay hydrated and to eat food, I still ended up hungry. (laughs) Looking back, I should have had Jared take me through a fast food drive-thru, but by the time I realized it was two or three o'clock in the morning, so I just laid there awake all night, (laughs) hungry. So I'll be one of those people that tells you, if you're not married yet, to eat, 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 and hydrate, hydrate, hydrate that day. (sighs) So important. Love is definitely what you've been through with somebody. I wasn't initially attracted to Jared because he wasn't the tall, dark, and handsome that I was expecting. It's funny that I ended up with the complete opposite. Short, blonde-haired, and blue-eyed. I've since come to find him way more attractive than I used to. (laughs) But I have fallen in love with his humor. He makes me laugh every single day. I've grown a lot more used to it since that first ride in the car. And it reminds me that you need to marry someone who laughs at the same things you do. Six months into marriage came our experience that defines our relationship as a couple. I've shared this before, but just to remind you, in our first apartment, our spare bedroom had become a catch-all. Boxes here, computer stuff there, books and study materials, even bikes. And in the closet was our camping stuff. Jared had a little puzzle table set up that consisted of two 24-pack water bottles stacked on top of each other with a thin, flat board on top. He was in the middle of a 1,000-piece puzzle when I was organizing the closet one day. I reached up to rearrange some sleeping bags, and one came crashing down onto his puzzle and threw the pieces everywhere. Jared ran into the room to see if I was okay and was consoling me for ruining his puzzle. He reassured me that puzzles come that way and they're meant to be put together, but I was freaking out. I was certain he would divorce me right on the spot. It speaks a bit to our personalities in that Jared is the even-tempered, calm, reassuring type and I am the anxious, worried, hot mess side. I am still so in love with Jared. 
One of my favorite love quotes is by Alfred Lord Tennyson, and he says, If I had a flower for every time I thought of you, I would walk forever in my garden. One of the goals Jared and I have is to visit every temple in the United States. Even if we die trying, it's a goal we're working on together. Love is the greatest adventure. Don't get me wrong, it hasn't all been rainbows and butterflies. If you've heard me talk about expectation pain, you know what that means. In the beginning, I definitely tried to control Jared, and I didn't realize that happiness came from within, not from him. True love gives without expecting in return. Some profound marriage advice is that it's important to both give 100%, give it your all. If you're both trying to give 50-50, it won't work. You'll end up keeping score and building resentment. Just focus on you doing the best that you can. Thomas Merton says, The beginning of love is to let those we love be perfectly themselves and not to twist them to fit our own image. Otherwise, we love only the reflection of ourselves we find in them. Now that we have children, it's important to set a good example of love to them, showing affection to whatever degree you're comfortable, teaching them what a good marriage looks like, though that's subjective. And one thing I heard was to build up your spouse in the eyes of your children. Isn't your dad awesome? And the last quote that I have is, Loved you once, love you still, always have, always will. Your weekly wisdom is, Every love story is beautiful, but ours is my favorite. Write your love story today, and may it never have an ending. Share this podcast with your loved ones. Talk to you next time.